0: the intersection of vision, technology, and strategy, you will find the secrets to unlocking the world's most ambitious digital experiences.
1: Join us on Reshape Digital as we seek out the groundbreaking ideas that are reshaping the digital landscape.
0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Reshape Digital, brought to you by Open Software. My name is Chris Lico.
1: And I'm Stephen Boucher.
0: And today, we're going to be talking about accessibility. So someone recently told me um, that they believed that web accessibility has no tangible impact on your brand. So their their thesis was essentially, you know, web accessibility is a regulatory requirement, and it's important to be able to um, interact with everybody uh, using your, your digital properties. But not complying with web accessibility requirements have no tangible impact on your brand beyond, obviously, like the potential of litigation. Right. Okay. So it's funny. It's funny timing for this topic to come up because literally this morning, this morning on the day that this podcast was recorded, um, a huge web accessibility lawsuit was settled Uh, In in the United States, it's been going on for some time So a gentleman was attempting to use The Domino's Pizza mobile app And then subsequently the website And because he's visually impaired, he uses a screen reader And he wasn't able to successfully use the website And order pizza using his screen reader Uh, And this goes for the website and for the mobile application So he filed a lawsuit and Domino's contested it all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, and essentially the Supreme Court said they wouldn't hear the case. That um, they had to pay him, and and that was that. They they settled it. So it's interesting because there there is a regulation in place in the United States. It's been in place for something like thirty years. Um, mm-hmm. Called ADA the. Uh, American uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. And Domino's argued all the way up to the Supreme Court that they had a case, and, and here's what they said. So attorneys for Domino's, backed by a range of business groups, had argued that the ADA does not apply to online platforms that were not envisioned when the law was passed in 1990. And, they said, no clear rules exist for how to make their platforms properly accessible.
1: I would say the first point there I think they've got that all wrong personally because the initial legislation was based off of principles right so it's like regardless of uh, what technologies are introduced however the, I think they are uh, on to something there with the second point about the clarity and I think a lot of um, now naturally we don't have much sympathy for Domino's pizza <laughs> right In a multinational corporation but um, there has been uh, this ongoing phenomena, phenomenon of um, small business owners being caught off guard with uh, lawsuits against them based off of the Americans with Disabilities Act right. for, their, for their web presence not being fully accessible. And part of the issue is they did not enshrine standard requirements like the WCAG uh, 2.0 AA guidelines, for instance, that we now mm-hmm. have in Ontario. right? Right. So I think the clarity there actually, you know, some may view it as more restrictive, like dominoes, but uh, uh, I think it actually can help protect small businesses in particular by clearly showing what the rules are, what you need, as opposed to uh, some lawyer coming up to you and saying, yeah, you're being sued for X, Y, and Z, right?
0: Agreed. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that you know, you you look at Domino's, right? And like you say, they're a multinational corporation, and no one really has any sympathy for them, and it it definitely doesn't reflect well on them to argue this all the way up to the Supreme no. Court. But as a person with a, a visual impairment or or any kind of impairment that hinders you from using their digital properties, you're looking at Domino's Pizza, and you're going. Why would I ever want to order from them when they're they're fighting this all the way up to the Supreme Court and saying, I don't want to create an environment where these people can actually benefit from the services and and products that we offer. In my mind, it's like, it's so obvious that this person who is telling me there's no tangible impact on your brand, well... I mean <laughs> maybe this is an edge case but I would say the impact on Domino's brand
1: is that a lot of people don't like them very much right now. For sure. I um it is it is a funny thing that they would rather fund their their um their defense, their legal defense as opposed to simply making the required adjustments to the uh to the uh, to their website or I guess it was their pizza pizza ordering mechanism. I think that was the issue. Yeah, they, they use pizza. um
0: I mean, for one thing, they use a lot of JavaScript, um, and it's it's well known that a lot of people don't make JavaScript accessible. They don't think they have to. Right. Uh, when in reality, they, there was a survey done, and 97.6% of users with screen readers have JavaScript enabled. Oh. So So right out of the gate, you're going, okay, well, I'm going to build all these things in JavaScript that are going to do all these cool things on my site. Um, but you don't build them in an accessible way. That's another big myth with accessibility. Um, But yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Is the cost of becoming accessible higher than the cost of paying the lawsuit? I really, I don't see how it could be.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to say. For Domino's, like... 100 percent but for the small business owners especially if uh if 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 the lack of knowledge is a problem they're otherwise a good faith actor their physical presence is fully accessible but uh, part of the problem with with not having especially in america where they don't have the um the clear guidelines tied to the legislation they may not be familiar there's so many There's such a variety of uh of uh technical proficiencies among these small business owners right Agreed. and I feel kind of you know I feel some sympathy because you know uh, for, for years now guys like us have been have been telling them hey you got to get online you got to get <laughs> digital right yeah. and and now all of a sudden we're telling them okay now you have to invest in web accessibility
0: there's a little asterisk beside it
1: that's right and uh, and sometimes it can be expensive and especially if they don't Really, uh, really know what it's all about. It can it can be a little intimidating, like going through the uh, going through the accessibility guidelines, and I Agreed. do sympathize with that.
0: Yeah, and and you know, again, not to support dominoes or anything, but it is a lot harder to go from a uh, non-accessible experience to an accessible one. Right, it's a lot easier to create an accessible experience from scratch. Yeah. And so they're probably not only looking at the cost of becoming accessible, but the sunk cost of all the digital properties they built and are operating right now. Right. And going, if we have to build a new website, we probably have to start over and we're going to have to rebuild all this stuff from the bottom up.
1: Yeah. With the Americans with Disabilities Act, there is, there's a clause that states, if you can prove that there's an undue burden to your, to your organization, then it, there may be an exception for you. However, um, I feel like Domino's may have a much harder time proving that than your average small business owner. However, however, part of the problem is your average small business owner, like they're forced to settle. Like if it, if it came to court, they actually may be able to prove that. But the lawyer fees and you add all that right. on, it, it, it can be quite, uh, quite brutal. And it is a big problem. It is. You know, predatory lawsuits, and uh, they kind of give honest, well-meaning advocates of... uh, Like, we're talking about negative brand impact, right? Right. And we're talking about this Domino's case. Perhaps an unintended consequence of that is a negative brand impact on the other side. Right. Right? So I think of... uh, Do you remember that lady from McDonald's who got the hot coffee spilled on her? Oh, yes. Yes. And, oh, it was terrible how she was treated by the media. They all assumed it was a frivolous lawsuit. And people actually did come to the defense of McDonald's, this super huge multinational corporation. But, um, you know, if if you're not squeamish and you don't know too much about the case, I urge you to look at images of her burns, like absolutely terrible. It turned out that their coffee was 40 to 50 degrees higher than... uh, than uh, most other restaurants. Right. So she totally had a case. However, uh, it did have an impact on the brand and not even because of her, but, but just because of all the other predatory lawsuits and frivolous lawsuits that were going on around her at right. the
0: time. Creates so, a bad name for anyone who has an honest lawsuit, right?
1: Exactly. So everyone jumped to the conclusion that uh, this was also a frivolous lawsuit. And my concern is it may also happen with, uh, with the accessibility legislation.
0: Yeah, and and as a reference point, um, a 2018 Usable Net report captured over 2,200 lawsuits in in 2018 um, regarding web accessibility. And right. That's, that's across the United States. So, the 2,200 lawsuits involving web accessibility as it pertains to the ADA, and. The interesting thing, I mean, this this is kind of obvious, but the interesting thing is that the industries with the most frequent reports include things like retail, food service, travel and hospitality, banking, right? And the question is why. The, the reason is that these are the most common service providers for consumers. Many of these services you could consider necessary, mm-hmm. right? When it, I mean, food obviously is necessary, but like banking services, are necessary. And so as, as unfortunate as this is, someone with um, a visual impairment that wants to go to an entertainment site for fun and look at something, someone sends them a link and they click it and they get to the site and they're like, oh great, another website that's not accessible. Right. They probably move on with their lives. They're probably not going to pursue a lawsuit they're just going to say i'll never visit that site again sure but in the case of opening your banking app and trying to i don't know take money out deposit money send money to someone i mean these are fundamental services where if it's not accessible that's where there's people are going to come out with lawsuits because it's like you need these services absolutely
1: yeah i think um I think another problem that's going that's gonna hurt that could potentially hurt a lot of uh, especially small businesses who are otherwise well-meaning. Uh, the site builders, we we make fun of the site builders a lot, but they're actually really great. And the great thing about them is because is is uh, you know, uh, tools like Wix and Squarespace, is uh, business owners who are not otherwise tech savvy can use the drag and drop tools, and they never have to interact with the HTML of the website. The problem is search engines, like search engine bots and screen readers for for the blind, they use the HTML. And I would not blame people who are using these tools to think that they're fully accessible out of the box, right, because they're perfectly designed. They're definitely um, accessible to an extent. However, Squarespace even states that they're not specifically WCAG 2.0 AA compliant, which would make them uh, non-compliant in the province of Ontario. Right. As per the, uh, legislation from, from June.
0: Right. And, and not only is that such a missed opportunity for the Squarespace's of the world, because as of 2021 in Ontario, any business that's built a site on Squarespace is in trouble. Yeah. Right. But, but it, it goes beyond that, right? It's like, yeah, you can comply by 2021 and make sure you don't get a lawsuit or you can comply right now and open yourself up to quite literally the multi-billion dollar market of people with impairments of all kinds, right? So the, the, um, the Ally project is an accessibility project attempting to educate, provide resources for people on accessibility and they highlight four different types of impairments that impact web accessibility. So the obvious one is visual accessibility people with screen readers, sure, right? But another one that's even more overlooked is motor impairments, okay? So there's users that need special keyboards, special mice, um, or even a single button that they use to navigate a website. Right. So what you want to do is you want to go to your favorite website right now, okay, and pretend you don't have a mouse and use the tab and the enter button and try to navigate through the site. Right. In a lot of cases, it's an absolute nightmare, I bet. Right. And, and it's a hard thing to do to, to factor in motor impairments into your accessibility plan, but you have to realize it's hundreds of thousands of people in North America that you're impacting with these decisions. So so that's number two, is the motor impairments. You also have um, people with cognitive impairments, right? Right. Um, and, and that's an important thing as well, is you want to make sure that It's easy to use your website because there's people who have all sorts of challenges navigating and they can become frustrated. Um, And then there's, you know, finally, you also have a hearing impairment, right? So everybody's talking about how video is is the second coming of marketing and it's changing everything and everyone needs to use videos in their marketing. Do your videos have transcriptions? Do they have closed captioning? Mm -hmm. Because if they don't, Guess what? Again, you're missing out on a huge chunk of the market.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting point too because there's a... um there's an accessibility motive for adding the transcription, but also the average user too, sometimes they don't want to, they want to watch the video, but they're, you know, they're on the bus, they don't have headphones or they're at work, you know, naughty, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, or, or or they're lying in bed and the wife is next to them, you know, whatever, right? And, and a lot of these things actually do improve usability for everyone as a whole, and they should really be embraced.
0: Agreed. I mean, a great example is if you go do the... Um... Google Analytics Academy courses. Uh, a lot of the lessons are video lessons, right? And some people enjoy learning by video. Uh, but someone like me, I prefer to just read through the content, and just, just yeah, breeze through it too. as quick as I can. <laughs> and right at the bottom, there's a button that says text transcript. And not it's not even just like a, a document with line by line, just writing out everything said in the video. It's an actual help article mm-hmm. that consists of the same content in the video, and so they're providing an an additional resource. I don't have any visual impairments that prevent me from seeing the video, I don't have any hearing impairments that prevent me from hearing it, but I prefer using the text transcript version. So they're doing something to improve accessibility, which then provides a better experience, or at least a personalized experience to everybody else who wants to make decisions.
1: Absolutely, I think in an ideal future, and ex- you know this uh, this idea of designing for user experience and designing for accessibility, they will be one and the same. You know, and it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Like there aren't there aren't uh, you know just able users and disabled users. We're all people, and. And uh, in a way, we all grow old, right? <laughs> you know, we all, uh, you know, sometimes we'll lose our hearing or our vision or or we'll have uh, reduced uh, cognitive abilities, right? That happens to, to most people, actually. So you're really, you're not designing for a small subset of users. You're designing for everyone at the end of the day. And I think that's really important to, uh, to remember as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, people are, you know, organizations are not tapping into, a massive market by not doing that. And um, it it really boils down to providing a a universally positive user experience. And so we talk ad nauseum about user experience design and information architecture and user journeys and all these things. And, you know, you can put tons of effort into creating all those things, but if you're not factoring in accessibility needs when you're doing them, then you're not doing uh, a complete job of it. And this is where designers talk about this concept of universal design, right? And you start with these basic design principles. What's one of the first things you do when you're doing an entire brand refresh? First thing you do is you look at colors,
1: right? right? You right. look at
0: what, what does a logo look like, what colors go into it, and what are we going to use for all of our styling, right? And, and, and out of the gate, a ton of organizations will choose a style guide with colors that are not accessible. And they might not realize it because they go, oh, there's nothing wrong with using green and white in my color scheme. Well, there is nothing wrong with using green and white, but green on white or white on green? Right. Most of the time that's not going to be accessible. So you have to factor it in when you're thinking about all these decisions in your design, you have to factor it in every step of the way and think about how is this logo going to look on a white background? How's it going to look on a black background? How are these colors going to look together I need to overlay text on this. You have to be thinking about all these decisions along the way.
1: Absolutely. I learned recently don't even bother with uh with white on yellow. It, you have to get <laughs> to a very ugly, swampy, murky color of yellow before it becomes accessible. So <laughs>
0: And at that point it's just ugly, so you That's wouldn't right. want to bother.
1: Yeah, uh, just a little tip for you if you're if you're thinking <laughs> of going with the white on yellow. Avoid yellow at all costs. That's right. But uh yeah, so I th- I think I think the first step for a lot of people, especially you know uh, business owners who are who who see the new legislation that came out in Ontario, the AODA guidelines, and they're a little um, perhaps they find it a little daunting, right complying with them and they don't know too much about web accessibility. So I spoke to uh, one of our designers here at at open, Tiana she's designed multiple. WCAG 2.0 AA-compliant websites for several public-facing institutions. She recommends two books, Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug, and there's a whole chapter on web accessibility in there, but she rec- recommends the entire book for beginners thinking about usability. And uh, she said that's a great read for anyone with a website, big or small, and then also The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman, which is uh, basically all about usability in general. And... Um, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to share that with the audience here. Yeah, great resources. Good resources for sure.
0: Highly recommended. And you know, coming back to my initial point, uh, that friend of mine that said accessibility has no tangible impact on your brand. Um, I'll leave you with some food for thought. So mm-hmm. I, I mentioned how the accessibility market uh, in North America is worth multi billions of dollars. Um, if you want to look at it from a population standpoint. About one in five people in North America live with some form of disability. A lot of them uh, you might not even know. But that represents 70 million people or more in North America alone. And so you think about your entire target audience for your business. You think about all these opportunities you're missing by not providing accessible experiences. Domino's just estranged. 70 million people and they don't just operate in north america so it could be a lot more
1: absolutely yeah the, the domino's thing it's at the end of the day the qu- it's not uh you know this this question about should they have to design a accessible website or not at the end of the day they denied a customer a pizza for no reason other than i guess uh, negligence or or lack of care uh and i don't think any any organization really wants to do that do you want to don't deny the pizza <laughs> don't you know, the biggest
0: mistake any business could ever make is not giving the people pizza.
1: That's right. Whatever your pizza is, you know, just give it to them. There's so many people who want your pizza, um, you know, and uh, you, sh- you shouldn't neglect that uh, that sizable chunk of the of the population for uh, purely for selfish reasons. If, if if you want, it doesn't have to be selfish. There are wonderful reasons, but purely for selfish reasons, there's a fantastic business case.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: And um, while I think abiding by the law is important, and going with the you know and and uh, abiding by the uh, AODA legislation, I think a message of inspiration is more meaningful than one of uh, you know intimidation. Like Mm. you know, oh, you better you know. I I think I think I think there's a bit more to it than that. So if I like to add a quote from usability specialist and author of one of the books I I I mentioned, uh, uh, Steve Krug. Uh, quote accessibility is not just the right thing it's profoundly the right thing to do because the one argument for accessibility that doesn't get made nearly often enough is how extraordinarily better it makes some people's lives how many opportunities do we have to dramatically improve people's lives just by doing our job a little bit better close quote I love love that
0: so good so inspiring And uh, I think that's a great note to uh, leave this podcast on. So as always, we appreciate you listening and uh, thanks for your time. Look for our next episode coming soon.
1: Thank you.